Welcome to another Homebrew Audio podcast. Record professional music and spoken audio on your computer. I'll show you how. Today's episode, the click track. What is it and what is it good for? Hey everyone, welcome back. I hope everyone is having a pleasant spring so far. If you're living in South Texas, well, it's not much of a spring, really. It is in the 40s here today, and it is April, so that is unusual. So I hope things are better where you are. But anyway, let's talk about some home recording stuff. As you probably know, this podcast is about helping people record audio at home that sounds professional, whether that's music or spoken audio, such as podcasts, voiceovers, or doing your own talking head videos. Today, we're going to talk about a super helpful tool that is built into most recording software programs, including the free program Audacity, the click track. The click track is basically a metronome that plays in your headphones while you're recording music. The sound of the click track won't get recorded. It's only there, at least while you're recording, to keep you on the beat of the song, so it only plays in the headphones or speakers when toggled on. If you know what a metronome is, then you know that for musicians, the main benefit of that is to keep you playing or singing at the right tempo of a song and to stay on that tempo for the entire song. So not only does it make sure that you're going at the right speed, but that you don't speed up and or slow down while you're playing. But a click track isn't just a metronome. Yes, it does all those same beneficial things, but there are several other advantages to using one in recording. You can sync your playing to the project's tempo and time signature, which you set in your program. Then, assuming you stick to the beat relatively well when recording all your parts, all those waveforms in your song will overlay a grid that the recording program displays on the screen. Why is that good? Well, here are a couple of things that I've been able to do that I couldn't have done if I didn't record to the click track. 1. Copy a section of audio from one part of a song and paste it into another part of the song where there may have been a problem. For example, one time I heard the sound of my guitar pick hitting the wood during the strumming in the later part of the song during the chorus. So rather than have to record it again to fix it, I just found that same part of the song in an earlier chorus that did not have the clicking of a guitar pick. I copied that section and then I replaced the later part that had the offending sound by pasting it right in. And because both sections were at the right tempo, because I recorded to the click track, the musical match was perfect. And because each strum of the guitar was on a grid, I was able to snap my cursor with the snapping tool turned on to that grid when selecting the early section to perfectly match the duration of the section to the part I was replacing at the end. I also used the same technique once when recording a song that had a particularly difficult guitar part that I couldn't play all that well, and that part repeated like five or six times in the song. It took me several takes, and I'm talking like 20, to get it right the first time I played it, and because I didn't want to have to do that for every single time that part showed up in the song, I just copied the good take, and then I placed it at all the points in the song where that part was needed. 
That was a huge time saver. Number two, to fix rhythms that recorded a bit off the beat. This works for anything, vocals or instruments, but it's particularly useful for drums and percussion. Top-notch drummers can keep up to a rhythm with almost machine-like precision, but most of us, especially the ones like me, who are not only not professional drummers, but are really not drummers at all, we might need a little help. I have a good sense of rhythm, but when I play a drum, I hit before or after the beat a lot. But if I've recorded with a click track, I can see where the beats of a song are on that grid and when they're not. So if a drum hit is off, all I have to do is snip out that little hit and then drag it left or right to the line on the correct beat. So cool. Number three, if you're using virtual instruments, assuming your software supports that, most DAWs do, but Audacity does not, for example, you can create the part in the MIDI editor by basically painting the notes in. For example, I don't play trumpet and I really don't play piano, but I can actually build trumpet parts, piano parts, violin parts, etc., just by painting those notes in in the MIDI editor. It's very cool. And because you can see the grid, you know when the part is on or off the beat, and you can slide that note left or right to adjust it to get it right on the beat. And number five, also with virtual instruments, including drums, MIDI editors can literally snap all notes to the grid in one click, but that would mean nothing if the tempo and time signature of the song is not set before you record. So it would snap those things to a bunch of grid lines that are not associated with your song in any way. It would be chaotic. So you can just select every note and have it just go immediately to the right line in your grid and have it be right on the beat. And if you think that snapping every single beat to a beat marker in a song would make it sound mechanical and unnatural, well, you can actually fix that by humanizing how strictly it places those notes. Humanizing is another common feature that every MIDI editor I've ever seen has available. It literally is usually called something like humanize. One reason why some people don't like recording to a click track is that they sound so, well, clicky. Like a metronome, you only get that clip-clop sound or, or tick-tack, tick-tack sound. Some people find it hard to feel the music, to get into it with that sound in their headphones. The default one in Reaper sounds like this. My wife is one of those people who hates the sound of that click and doesn't like recording to it. So here are a couple of ways to get around that. One way is to have somebody else, namely me, someone who does not mind the sound of a click track, record a rhythmic instrument to the click track for the duration of the song. This could be the first guitar or a piano in the song. Then, when my wife comes in to sing, I can turn the metronome off so she can't hear the click track. All she hears is the guitar, which is what she would hear when singing live, so it's perfect. And since the guitar is matched to the click track, and she sang to the guitar part, her vocal track will be properly on that grid. Another thing you can do for folks who don't like the built-in sound is to replace those sounds with drum hits, or anything really. Reaper, for example, lets you replace the click sounds with any audio file, so you can pick one thing for the downbeat, there are usually two clicks, the primary beat and the secondary beat. 
So if you have a 4-4 song, that first beat would normally be louder. So you get a 1, 2, 3, 4, 1, 2, 3, 4. And you can control how much louder or not that primary beat is. Then you can pick another audio file for that secondary beat. So what I normally do is something like pick a kick drum or even a snare drum as the primary beat and then maybe a hi-hat as the secondary beat. That would sound something like this. That often allows the performer to feel the music better than the ticky-tacky sounds or beeps typical of most click tracks. If you want to go a step further, you can use the MIDI editor on one track, assuming your program has MIDI capability, like Reaper, Adobe Audition, Pro Tools, etc., and just put a basic drum beat on there, which will be on the same grid as the project time and tempo, the one the click track uses. You'd still need a few one-hit drum samples like a kick, a snare, and a hi-hat. Then have the MIDI notes trigger those drum sounds. This allows you to add more involved beats with more drums that are still on that grid. Here's a pretty simple one I did, just adding a snare in as a third drum sound. Here's what that would sound like. And a cool thing about doing it this way is that because those drums are right on the grid, if you wanted it faster or slower, you wouldn't have to do anything to the recording or redo your rhythm track. All you'd have to do is go into the project settings and change the tempo. All those samples you've heard so far were at a tempo of 120 beats per minute. If I wanted that faster, all I'd have to do is change that number in the settings. So if I change it to, say, 200 beats per minute, this is what it would sound like. So that is what a click track is, and lots of reasons for using it. One more tip for recording with a click in your headphones. What do you do if the last part of the song is supposed to slow down before you hit that final chord? Well, you can just ignore the click track when that time comes. I've done that, but it can be difficult hearing the click track going fast, but you're playing slow. It kind of messes with your head a bit. Or you can overdub that last part with the click turned off. Just turn off the metronome, then start recording again, punch in, just before the end of the song, a couple of measures before the start of that slow part, and when the time comes, just play it slower like you normally would do. Also, if your song has several tempo or time changes in it, you can always program the entire song with those changes so that the click will slow down and speed up automatically at the correct time. I've never gone with that option, though, as it can get fairly complicated, but you can do it. So there you have it all about click tracks. I hope that helps you if you're going to be recording music. So that's it for this episode. If all goes well, I will have another one next month. See you there.